This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit atlantahomesguru.com forward slash radio. Clinton has now agreed to turn over to the Justice Department the private email server she used as Secretary of State. This newlywed couple in federal custody this morning now accused of trying to join a terrorist organization. A new poll has Senator Bernie Sanders beating presumptive Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire. Sanders has eclipsed Clinton by a 44 to 37 percent margin. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, keep my own brain. It's not just super, it's classy, it's tremendous, it's the most fantastic brain you'll ever see. Good morning, Atlanta. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, Known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. So glad that you are here, part of the conversation. If I seem like I'm in a particularly good mood, today's my day, baby. You want to know why today's my day? Well, last night I slept in my own bed for the first time in more than a week. We have air conditioning, finally. The AC guy was supposed to show up at 1 o'clock yesterday, so of course he showed up at 5 o'clock yesterday. It was supposed to take half an hour, so of course it took three hours. But it doesn't matter. I finally was able to go to bed last night after eight days in a row without air conditioning, which when your wife has MS, that's a kind of a deal. So uh, we are very, very, very glad to do to do that. Plus, I wake up. That, well, actually, the story's really broke last night. But still, seeing it this morning, looking at it, you, the, the headline that uh, uh, Drudge Report put up summarizes it all so well. Hillary top secret emails found. FBI seizes drives. DOJ takes possession satellite images. She had emails about satellite images and uh, uh, classified communications in the Middle East. And she had them sitting on her wide open, your neighbor kid could use Wi-Fi to hack into it server in her house after repeatedly lying about what was on the email, what, what email she had, what she did with them, what she was allowed to do with them. It's just, it, it's just a great day for that then you see the poll numbers and uh, for those of us who are less than donald trump fans the poll numbers in that arena are uh getting are 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 good i mean in the sense that people are waking up they're kind of seeing the natural truth and so that's that's good so we'll get to that later in fact the boston herald released these new poll numbers out of new hampshire we're going to have tom shattuck the uh uh, uh head of boston Herald radio join us in just a few minutes to talk about the numbers and what they mean uh, but then there's also the numbers for Hillary, for Mrs. Bill Clinton. She's not just not winning by enough. Because remember, she's, a, I mean, I, I guess the comparison would be to use the Patriots. I know everybody, the Patriots brings up the flake gate. But she's basically the New England Patriots, and everybody else is essentially the Tennessee Titans. I mean, it's it's not supposed to be a game. She's supposed to be running away with this. This is supposed to be... Remember Mike Tyson back in the day when the only question was, would someone last a full round or would Tyson have knocked him out in like nine seconds? 
Hillary's supposed to be Tyson and everyone else is supposed to be George Foreman selling grills. Not only is Hillary not winning by enough, she's losing. She's losing straight up to wild haired, crumpled suit, white guy, grandpa, white. Just, hey, you doing? It's time for the government to take over everybody's toothpaste. I mean, she's losing to that guy. I'm just absolutely phenomenal. And you you see it and you can't believe it except for you do believe it because you're looking. Bernie Sanders has gone from 8% in March to 44% as of right now. Hillary Clinton has fallen from 47% down to 37%. And the same facts are in place. Fewer than a third of the people who plan to vote for her think she's honest and trustworthy. They know she's a liar. They know she's a crook. They're voting for her anyway. Vote the crook. It's important, as they say in Louisiana. My fav- Maybe my favorite number from inside these polls, they ask, why are you voting for this person? You know, what is it, what is it that holds you? And the options are best chance of getting elected, supports issues that are important to you, qualified, would lead in a new direction, stands firm on issues and values. Would lead in a new direction, a whopping 8%, say that's Hillary Clinton. Stands firm on issues and values, 3, 3%. So that's why they're voting for her. three. That's, that's a rounding error. It could be zero. It's 3%. So that's absolutely great, uh, phenomenal. We're also going to talk later in the show to Bill Crystal uh, with the Weekly Standard. Uh, he's editor of the Weekly Standard. He's also on ABC News all the time about what these uh, numbers really, really mean and what's going on. Some other stuff, uh, as you know, we have the Cobb County uh, hot car baby story. And one of the ongoing kind of arguments that we've been having, debate, a friendly argument, debate, is it possible for a guy to forget his kid in his car? And I've had so many of you tell me that's absolutely not possible. Un- it's impossible, you tell me. Other And I, I disagree, and, and we've talked, I've had some people on, scientists, and also people who've actually done it, that it is possible to just forget. Well, we've got a story out of all places, France, that really, if those of you who are, to, who, who, I guess, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what those of you who say it's impossible for someone to forget their car, their kid, how are you going to respond to this story? Road trips can be immensely stressful experiences due to traffic, navigating directions, and being cooped up in a small space for a long amount of time. One family in France had a particularly rough time on their drive to the French Riviera, as during it, they forgot their three-year-old daughter at a rest stop. It took them a while to realize their brood was a child short, and that moment came following a radio alert about a young girl who had been found. By then, the family was nearly a 100 miles away. The drive back took some time, and the reunion occurred over two hours after they'd driven off without her. Local authorities are investigating the situation and determining if charges will be filed against the parents. Now, how many of you hear that story that they left their kid at a rest stop and you think, oh, my God, these, they might, well, first of all, if you can't forget a kid, then obviously they were planning on murdering the kid or something. Because that's what you tell me. I'm skin. That's what I'm told. You can't forget a kid. It's not possible. So it must have been a plot to kill the kid. And then something else happened. Okay, that's one way to look at it. I think that's kind of silly, it sounds to me. How many of you are with me on this one? There but for the grace of God. You know, you're at at the family gathering. 
you, you know, the kids you got, you know, grandma's taking one set of kids, you're taking another, and you're driving away. Holy, because I have, I have forgotten a kid at a restaurant. I, 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 I will confess. I tell you everything. You know that. I tell you everything. That's why we have the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. It's not just to give away great tickets uh, for local concerts at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, which you can win, but it's also for a chance to t- confess the natural truth. Another thing I'm hoping you will confess uh, on the confession hotline at 404-436-2007 is worst worst honeymoon ideas ever. Whether it's a honeymoon that you or someone in your family actually went on that turned out to be a fiasco, or if it was like, wait, Virgil, you're planning on what? (laughs) I don't think the gun show is going to be the great honeymoon trip that you think it's going to be. 404-436-2007. And the best, as always, the best call of the day wins valuable prizes on the confession hotline. And you can hear them all. And it's my favorite part of the show at 1145. It's my favorite part of the show because it's all you. And that's why I love I got the best gig in the world. I'm in an absolutely fantastic mood. How is the traffic? Fantastic or crummy? Let's ask Matt Dorr in the Havoc Special Traffic Center. By the way, Matt, worst what, what, what do you think of the idea of the honeymoon, the couple that was going to leave Mississippi and go visit ISIS That's in Syria? not a good idea. Not, that was not good. I, I, you would not, not recommend that. Uh, not okay. for me. I'm not one to judge, but uh, that, that no, 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 not for me. We went to Jamaica, and we had a great time. Jamaica so. is great, absolutely. And Came it, back pregnant, so we had a great time. Brought, brought back the ultimate souvenir. That is absolutely terrific. Anyone ever go to Jamaica and then remember what you did while you were in Jamaica? That's the real question. Oh, yeah, I got some good memories. Oh, really? I-20 then you West. didn't do it right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Fox News was afraid. They were petrified. They thought that I, the Donald, needed them on my side. But when that Megyn Kelly hag came at me like she's on the rag, you had to know. It was her visit from Aunt Flo, and so I'm back. No, I'm not through. I've still got lots of insults left for every POW. The Mexicans all love me. I'm big with all the blacks, that's key. And when I get Hillary elected, she won't make me pay any tax. Go on, attack. See if I care. If I really wanted to, I could just kill you with my hair. With the Republicans who hate me, telling me to say goodbye, I want to rumble. I've got more menstruation jokes to try. Oh no, not I. I will survive. As long as clueless morons love me, my campaign will survive. I got more women to insult and more minorities to hate. I will survive. I will survive. Hey, hey. It's 919. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, and he is on the top of the polls in New Hampshire, according to the Boston Herald in their brand new poll. Here to discuss it from Boston Herald Radio is the lovely and talented Tom Shattuck, the great and powerful Tom. Greetings, sir. How are you? Even after the onslaught, the piling on, the vicious, vicious parody songs, and all the other <laughs> propaganda that you and your friends at, uh, at at Fox News and MSNBC and all the mm. other newly left-minted organizations, <laughs> Donald Trump with a strong 18% in New Hampshire, uh-huh. squashing uh, <laughs> entitled establishment Fox candidate Jeb Bush, who's got 13%. 
That is, it was a great day for Donald Trump uh, uh, yesterday. Yeah. Okay, we're talking to, to uh, Tom Shack. So, for seriously, you guys teamed up with the Franklin Pierce University, right? Franklin Pierce University, right. President Andy Card, great or, or great school, great organization. Mm-hmm. The students are fantastic. If, if I could only find students like that all around the rest of the country, right. we'd have a little bit of hope. But uh, hey, before we yeah. get to before we do to any more Donald Trump, and I do want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, this the the headline that you guys grabbed at the Herald is Hillary Clinton not just struggling but losing. I mean, the headline I put on it is. Uh, doddering socialist, uh, you know, doddering elderly socialist beats tech challenge grandma in New Hampshire. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think uh, that's right. And it, but the thing, the best thing about Bernie Sanders is, of course, that he's genuine. He mm-hmm. is himself. He's absolutely crazy. He's much <laughs> like if you, anybody remembers the um, Steinbrenner character in in uh, Seinfeld. He's much like that. I've actually called. We, I tried to book him one time about six mm-hmm. months ago, and he couldn't. They couldn't do the interview because, according to a very close aide, Bernie doesn't get up that early. And it was like ten <laughs> fifteen. Bernie doesn't. Well, first of all, why are you even telling me this? Exactly. <laughs> and he doesn't get get up that early. But the, 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 can I tell you the number that jumps out at me? And, and um, obviously, new, the, the news isn't New Hampshire per se. The mm-hmm. news is New Hampshire is the first primary, and a lot yeah. of things happen. You know, you know, you win in New Hampshire, it changes. New Hampshire by itself crippled the George H.W. Bush campaign in 1992, just to give an example. So here's what jumps out at me. Bernie Sanders' very favorable support, the people who are totally mm-hmm. into him, you know what I mean, the, the yep. red hot, is bigger than even Hillary Clinton's somewhat favorable. I mean, they, they, both, yep. ha- they both are wildly favorable, of course, because it's all Democrats. So, of course, it's going to be super 70 80%. But his... I love Bernie is not just bigger than Hillary's. I love Hillary. It's even bigger than Hillary's. Meh, Hillary. I mean, she. Yeah, people it, it, don't like this woman. It's absolutely true. The, to the question, are you excited about her candidacy? Candidacy. She's at thirty-five percent, mm-hmm. and that's because of these things that happened months ago that seemed anecdotal, like right. her driving one hundred and fifty miles per hour past gaggles of uh, fans and press and mm-hmm. never stopping. And now right. with the rope line, and our reporters are right up there. This rope line stuff is serious. We just had one of her handlers uh, in New Hampshire uh, call. Uh, we just talked to him on the phone, and he said, "Well, we have to have the rope because she's short." <laughs> We're, ta- we're talking to Tom Shattuck at Boston Herald Radio. They just released this brand new poll that is the front page across the country. Uh, do not support Hillary 13 eh, percent. That's not high or low among Democrats. You could support her, but not enthusiastic. Fifty one percent. That's 64 percent who either say no or meh to Hillary. But before you uh, gloat about that, Mr. Shattuck, have you seen the numbers on your hero, Donald Trump? Among Republicans in that same poll, uh, do not support his candidacy. Twenty nine percent could support, but he doesn't have temperament to be president. Forty one percent. That's 70 percent of Republicans who either say Trump sucks or he shouldn't be president. A very disreputable poll. <laughs> Wait, uh, it's, your poll. <laughs> it's your poll. It's your poll. You can't do that. It's your poll. No, well, I mean, obviously, the guy has uh, he's. He's. How can you not? How can you not have the these spikes and negatives? And a lot of people think that he's not going to be able to crawl out from under that. I disagree. I think what we saw yesterday from Donald Trump mm-hmm. was him addressing that exactly. How? He is now back to policy. He he's back to <laughs> back uh, to policy. Tones of he patriotism have a and policy. Tones of patriotism and nationalism. It's about uh-huh. the America winning on the world stage. The stuff he said yesterday on and China and the in the second dealing with the their devalue the sc- uh, scams and right. 
it's good stuff. It's Trump mm-hmm. stuff. And I think somebody's gotten to him and told him that you don't necessarily have to call everybody a jerk if you're in first place. Okay. I think- okay. Let, let, let's just look at the real numbers, Mr. First Place. A whopping 18%. Uh, with, uh, although, I'll, to, because you and I can both gloat whenever Jeb Bush has a bad day, he's gone from. He, how do you go down from 15% when you're the presumed front runner with 100% name ID and the establishment says you have to get stuck with Jeb? He went from 15 to 13 while uh, 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 Kasich went from nothing to 12, and uh, Fiorina yeah. did the same thing, nothing to nine. So Fiorina and Kasich are really surging, uh, but uh, uh, Jeb is, is sinking. That's great. But here's the key number, uh, Thomas Shattuck, and you know it's true. Approve uh, of Trump, 46%. Disapprove of Trump, 46%. As many people hate him as like him. I think right now a lot of people don't uh, have not opted into the validity <laughs> of his campaign uh, as of now, and with good reason. But uh, I think that he's going to start to sway people as he goes yeah, on here and right. speaks more to policy. And as a matter of fact, let's, let's, let's listen to Donald Trump. Let's listen to Donald Trump talking uh, talking about policy. Hey, I'm Donald Trump, and we're going to do rapid fire, 60 seconds. Let's see what we can do. You ready? Most memorable contestant on The Apprentice, Amorosa. Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift? Yeah, I like them both. Taylor Swift. What historical figure would you most like to have dinner with? Ronald Reagan. Pet peeve, my hair. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, keep my own brain. There you go, Tom Shattuck. Donald Trump speaking what? international policy. Keep my own brain. What? And he torched Miley Cyrus, which was the right side of that issue to be on. I thought oh, he's come great. On, that's not even hard. Taylor Swift or Miley Cyrus? Come on, give make it tougher. Make it uh, you know Taylor Swift or who's the chunky chick? You know, make it hard. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, the chubby that we all like. What's her name? Uh, is like? that the, the English one? Yeah. Uh, I forgot. I forget, um, yeah, but uh, you know, say knows? something like that. Hey, he, he gave us a choice between two Americans. It was nice and pithy. That's a good elevator speech. People love to hear that. Oh, you're, I don't even know who your candidate is anymore. I mean, last time we had talked, you were uh, supporting Walter Mondale in 1984, <laughs> which reminds me, this is why John Kasich is such a fraud. Why? I'm having all the, the people who know the most, all the smartest people in the room. We've talked to both of them. Remember, these right. are the people who were telling us four years ago that it was a lock for Romney. Right. The same smartest people in the room are telling me that Kasich's ground game, he's got people in the precincts and the wards mm-hmm. in the cities and the towns. Kasich's <laughs> ground game is, is perfect. He's going to win no matter what. Last time around, these are the same people who told us about Romney's ground game. Before that, they told us about McCain's ground game. And I remember actually in 1996 hearing people tell me, these same people tell me, by the way, there's somebody you don't know about. His ground game is fantastic. Young up-and-coming uh, congressman, rides a motorcycle, John Kasich. We didn't hear from him from him for 20 years after that. There's the conventional wisdom, and all your friends in the in the establishment who are trying to anoint the Jeb Bushes and the Ted Cruz's, dude, whatever. Dude, dude, no, wait, 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 wait. There's a lot of, accus- of of insults I will take, but no one is going to call me a bushy under any. I have spent my entire adult life, from working for Pat Buchanan in South Carolina to today, trying to stop the Bushes. So you got to give me, you you, you got to give me that. Okay, fine. And I'll say that uh, you and your Pataki crowd. 
This is what makes you so pathetic. You know, Donald Trump, you know, completely makes that horrific. You know, where's why don't white people have a chance? Why can't white people say the N word? Yeah, I know that whole crowd needs a candidate, and they got him in Donald Trump. <laughs> but you got great candidates. I'm sorry, uh, Rubio, Walker, Cruz. If you're, you know, if that's your flavor. Rand Paul, if Libertarian's your flavor, you got a lot of real live. They've done it. They know how to do it. Actual conservative candidates. And I got a waste all I time see is when you, you name those candidates and uh, all those candidates who are seasoned politicians. All I see are very uh, congenial uh, concession speeches from them. What Rubio's got so many? He's got a oh problem. First of all, he's been on both sides of the amnesty issue. He's got an abortion uh. problem. Well, he's pro-life. I don't understand that, that. Pro- pro-life is an abortion problem. That, exactly. That's no, spoken well, like a true Trumpy. Spoken like a true Trumpy. There you go. <laughs> Anybody with principles, we got to hey, dump listen, him. Listen, listen I got to let you go. I got to let you get back to combing your hair. I know you got the Donald Trump self hair starter kit, so I'm going to let you get back to that. Uh, Tom Shattuck from Boston Herald Radio. Check him out at bostonherald.com. I'm Michael Graham. It's 936. I am Michael Graham, your host, MC, and star of the show. Stay so glad that you are tuned in. Don't forget you have a chance to win valuable prizes, including we give away free lunch every day here around 1135 in the lunch line, courtesy of tasteofatlanta.com. So stay tuned for your chance to do that uh, here on the show. So you heard from the uh, Boston Herald and Tom Shattuck, the new poll numbers out of New Hampshire. It really is shocking to have a presumed frontrunner, she's inevitable, she's going to be the nominee, period, no one's even thinking about it, actually losing, and losing in a state that she's already won one time, Hillary, uh, Mrs. Bill Clinton. And I just want to do something on the show that not a lot of people in the media do. If you are a fan of Hillary, you have an open mic right here just to espouse your fandom. What You love her, why you love her, if you plan on voting for Hillary and you are looking forward to voting for Hillary, uh, you have the chance to speak out at 844-404-1067. And if you don't want to talk to me, if it makes you nervous or whatever, you can call the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. But I can honestly say that I have never knowingly spoken to anyone who likes Hillary Clinton. Plenty of people who don't dislike her. You know what I mean? I'm not saying everybody hates her. Not at all. But. I've never talked to anyone. I've talked to plenty of people who you name them. You know, I oh, I love my daughter. My uh, UMass student daughter loves Bernie Sanders. All of her friends love Bernie Sanders. I ask her about Hillary. Eh, nothing. I know people who love Rand Paul. I knew I knew people who loved. I, obviously, a lot of people who love Donald Trump. I don't know anybody. Who's, oh yeah, finally Hillary. Finally, I mean Hillary. Rem- so I've, I've heard it said that Hillary reminds people of their ex-wife. I don't think that's true. I think that's a slur on ex-wives. I think Hillary reminds the average person of their ex-wife's grandmother. I mean, a, a, a mother. I think she reminds people of their, of their ex-mother-in-law. Everything about her is unpleasant, judgmental, self-serving, self-righteous. Uh, and then the, the killer, she honestly believes that she should be able to do whatever she wants and just do it. And everyone else just has to deal with it. Once again, like your ex-mother-in-law. I'm going to the mall. I don't care what you do. I'm going, okay, great, fine. We'll clean up the mess. That's great. You have to do it my way. You have to do it my way. Okay, fine, fine, fine. And so I don't, if you are a Hillary Clinton fan, you are welcome on the show 
at 844-404-1067. But in a lot of ways, you cannot overestimate this this story about her emails and what's going on with them. Late today, we learned that the intelligence community inspector general has found that two emails on Hillary Clinton's private server should have been classified top secret. The inspector general had earlier revealed that at least four emails contain classified information. Top secret is one of the highest security classifications, although the emails were not classified at the time they were created. Now, actually, that last part there, the spin from CBS, not quite right. The emails had across the top of them uh, uh, labels like uh, non-foreign which, or no foreign, F-N-F-O-R-N, which I'll say, I don't know all this stuff. I see, I see, but it means no foreign eyes should be able to see them. Uh, some of the information deemed classified included references to information related to satellite images and electronic communications abroad according to the officials. So she's got emails coming and going about who we're spying on, how we're spying on them, and they're going across her desk. Not the American, you know, government what, network stuff. Basically, they're in her AOL account. And I mean, this is classified stuff. And uh, I've had several, I've heard several people say, well, it's only four emails in total. So two of these and two of those, what's the big deal? Uh, the big deal, the office only reviewed 40. So they only started with 40. Four out of 40 are classified. 10% of every. She sent hundreds of thousands of emails. We sample a 10 out of 10. That's tens of thousands of pieces of classified information that your Secretary of State, who's supposed to be protecting you, is just throwing out. And I think it's phenomenal. And uh, it's, uh, it's so th- this is one of the reasons why early on, Watching Hillary Clinton say, nothing to see here. What are you even talking about? This is all the vast right-wing conspiracy. I'm doing nothing wrong. I refuse to cooperate. I believe I have met all of my responsibilities, and the server will remain private. Well, the server is not remaining private because of what she has on it. And here is the key. If you take nothing else away, take this. Nick Merrill, Hillary's spokesperson, said that Clinton is cooperating with the FBI probe. He refused to answer the question whether the FBI ordered that she turn over the devices. She's just saying she's cooperating. The devices, the devices have been turned over. Well, wait a minute. You decided arbitrarily after months of stonewalling that you want to give up this information? Or the FBI said, lady, this stuff's classified. It can't be sitting around on your desk. I refuse to answer the question. I refuse to answer the question. Think about what she must think of you to treat you this way. Russia was invading Ukraine. Ukraine. Syria was using gas on its own citizens. And she was sending classified information on these stories around and letting. Uh, so, and we now are. It's, it is widely assumed that Russia and China saw everything. On her server. It's just the assumption now based on the hacking that we've seen so far. And her attitude is, I don't have to answer your questions. Who are you? Sit down. Shut up. There's one other interesting part. Team Clinton is saying, oh, don't worry about these polls in New Hampshire. Who cares if we're losing to Bernie Sanders by eight points? Once we get to the southern states, we'll win because black people will vote for Hillary. And they ask, well, why? Well, because they have to. It's Hillary. Well, what has she done 
to earn that vote. She doesn't have to. She's Hillary. She's a Democrat. They'll just, they're just going to vote for Hillary because that's what they, they will do what they're told. You black voters will just do what you're told. You're not going to think about it. You don't to ask about policies. You're going to ask how you can fix the problem of your wages plunging the last six and a half years, unemployment surging for young black people. You're going to ask any question about that. You're just going to vote for Hillary because Hillary says you're going to vote for Hillary. If I were a voter who happened to also be black, I would be a little annoyed by this attitude from Mrs. Bill Clinton. 844-404-1067. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. It's 948. I am Michael Graham. That is a uh, par- from a parody song, uh, vi- music video that Amy Schumer did about uh, women looking perfect without makeup. The reason why I'm playing it for you is because there are a couple of new uh, uh, pieces out in the last 48 hours of women complaining about how they have to spend hours every week uh, putting on makeup and messing with their hair and fixing up their hair. And that the result is, quote, the makeup tax. Women who wear makeup earn more and are treated better. This has steep costs in both money and time, says Olga Kazan in The Atlantic. Women's health is taxed by makeup, too, says Margaret Bedore at uh, uh, Living, uh, 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 Living Health website, where she says that uh, it's not fair. It's a form of pay inequality. That men don't have to worry about makeup and women do. And so there should be some social justice for this. And then worse, women who uh, use makeup, this Margaret Bedore writes, they're exposed to all sorts of chemicals like phthalates, phthalates, anyway. She says that they've been linked to hormone disruption, lower IQ. What? I can see that. Blondes, lots of makeup, lower IQ. Sure. Researchers found that lip gloss and lipsticks have containing heavy metals. Uh, a woman uses enough lipstick to equal her own height. You know, if you took every swipe and, and put it in a lipstick tube, every five years. Every five years, a, the average woman uses her height in lipstick on her lips. And so these women argue that this is uh, a tax on women, that it's unfair. The ideal answer might be, let's stop using makeup, but it's not that simple. It would be nice if we could deconstruct and dismantle the standards of appearances for women, but we can't. Women uh, who refuse to play the beauty game find themselves at a disadvantage uh, because women who look better get more stuff. And by the way, I don't know if this is going to be a shock to anybody at 844-404-1067, but guys who look better get more stuff too. And guys who are in better shape get more stuff. And guys who are considered more handsome get more stuff. I mean, do you think Matt Dorr just got his job based on his skills and abilities? No way. He used, he sexed it up and used his good looks to get his gig. That's how it works in the world. 
this is the part that I don't understand. Who is it that's telling women you got to wear makeup? It's other women. Who are doing the ads for makeup? Do you ever see ads with guys going, ladies, put on this beautiful mascara and I'll be uh, checking you out at the unemployment line? No, it's women. Ask any woman who she dresses for and what will she tell you? What is her answer? She's dressing for other women. This is all the guys are just sitting back and watching. We'll take the we'll take ladies however we can get them. Uh, and it is women who are you are well, a woman goes to work. She's competing with another woman. She's looking at another woman. Oh, look at her shoes. Look at her hair. That's what she's she's not going. Did Tom look at me? Did Dave notice me? No, she's going oh, look at Sally. Look at Susan. Right. Am I right. That's that's how every woman has always explained it to me. Michael Graham, renowned spoiler of women. 844-404-1067. Ladies, do you agree that it is a form of taxation on women's careers that they have to spend hours of time and whatever amount of money on makeup and hairstyles, etc.? Or do you agree with me that this is totally about women? This is women on women, and I don't mean in the fun way. 844-404-1067. I've also offered to hand over the uh, microphone to anyone who's a fan of uh, of Hillary Clinton because uh, her poll numbers show that there's not a lot of intense support for her, particularly uh, where she, now that she's losing to Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire. Dorsey, thank you so much for the call. The microphone is yours. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I'm actually a Republican, and as it stands right now, I would vote for Hillary over anyone. And why is um, that? I think she's got that, that steely gaze, that, that spine of ice. Mm-hmm. She's a frightening negotiator. Right. Um, she's got the cojones. I think it's necessary to do something. And what do you think that she would do? Well, she's always being you, – you, I've heard you accuse her of being a socialist, but she actually seems to be one of the more uh, successful capitalists I've ever seen. I, I, uh, I put her I, – I, I call Bernie Sanders a socialist, but she's, she's not a capitalist. Where, where is her capitalism? Have you seen her personal finances? Oh, no, she's worth $150 million. Dollars, but how did, where is the capitalism that she used to get that money? What, what is the product that how, she how made and sold? How does a socialist accumulate private wealth? By using the force of government to suck money from people who actually make wealth. Doesn't that just make them a capitalist, though? No, that makes them a... Hey, look, the guys who ran the Soviet Union were rich, too. Were they capitalists? No, they just took money from rich, everybody else. They were rich in rubles, which was not a uh, internationally traded. It was as ri- it was as rich as you could get in Russia. My point is, name a single economic uh, 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 capitalistic transaction that Mrs. Bill Clinton has ever engaged in, other than when she was uh, caught cheating on the uh, uh, commodities market in the 1990s. When did she ever? Oh, ever? Well, she, I didn't say she was a business person. I you said she's a I, capitalist. I think at heart, I think at heart, she is a raging capitalist. For her, for herself, does she like the money? Yes. But I'm sorry. Once again, what product has Mrs. Bill Clinton ever made that was sellable? What business platform you know, has she ever? No, she had one thing to sell: government power and access. She sold the Secretary of State's office for money, and she didn't give you the money. She kept the money herself. I, I loved it. What was that? Uh, tell you, we'll, we'll save this for coming. But I love. Hillary says that you should all act like her because she's a great role model. I want to get to that in a second. But first, Sherry is stepping up on behalf of our our female friends. Sherry, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Just great. And you are a lady. Yes, I'm a lady. And because it's 2015, I have to ask, you've always been a lady. Yes, I have. I've 
right? Yes, I'm always just double checking. Okay, going that way. So <laughs> these businesswomen complain that they are forced to waste time and money on makeup and stuff, and it's like a form of oh, taxation. Please. Is are they right, or do women dress yes. for other women? I don't know about other women, but I dress for myself and for my husband. I'm a receptionist at a chiropractor's office, and there's only women work at in the reception in the receptionist right. area. I don't dress for them. You don't? I don't compete with them. I never have tried to compete with other women. Okay. I've been married almost 27 years. I don't need to compete with other women. Sherry, thank you. for So Sherry says, no, no, no. It's not because uh, men are making her, and it's not because of pressure from other women. She's just wearing what she chooses to wear. So, uh, but... Uh, the argument from the makeup tax crowd is that women are the uh, victims of gender normative oppression that forces them to waste hours every week uh, getting ready for work and, and guys don't have to do it. I think that's what really bugs women. It's not that they're doing it. It's that they hate the fact that guys don't have to do it. I hear it from my wife, Buttercup, all the time. You just roll out of bed and comb what's left of your hair and walk out the door. What's the big deal? Thank you, honey. Thank you. That's it's it's pure. If guys were standing right there next to them, spending an hour or more getting ready in the morning, I think that would be that we would not be having this conversation. Oh, oh, something else for the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. Guys who want to rat out their wives or girlfriends for how long it takes them to get ready. What is the world record for a woman's morning routine? If you call the confession hotline 404-436-2007, it may end your relationship, but you could win a valuable prize. Good morning, it's 10.06 and News Radio 106.7. Uh, yeah. Michael Graham, welcome to the show. This is Atlanta's largest diner table. It is the natural truth. Everyone is welcome. I want to hear from you at 844-404-1067. And I want to hear from uh, you in the confession hotline at 404-436-2007. Uh, and, and the confession hotline is there for you to confess anything. If you're a fan of Hillary Clinton's and don't really want to you know, answer questions about it, just want to give her a shout out, you go right ahead and do so. If uh, you want to explain, ladies, why you put on so much makeup Every day, there's a new movement uh, uh, trying to fight against this. It's called the makeup tax. And they, the claim is that it's unfair that women are required to spend hours getting ready in the morning. I'm sorry, I'm not requiring this. Who, who, the only people I know that are requiring this are women. Women are requiring it of themselves. I tell my wife all the time, come on, you look great. Let's go. And, oh, no, no, no. Uh, so the, the confession hotline. And guys, if you want to rat out. You're special someone by confessing how long she actually takes to get ready in the morning. 404-436-2007. We'll play the confession hotline calls at 1145 and someone will win a pair of tickets to see Yes and Toto at the Verizon Wireless Amphitheater on August 22nd. Um, the other thing that the confession hotline is good for is this. There's a you see, Have you seen the story? The couple that was using a honeymoon as an excuse to join ISIS. They were hoping that people wouldn't realize that they were traveling to the Middle East to join ISIS because they were just traveling. You know, uh, uh, the Mississippi dream honeymoon is going to the, you know, caves of Syria to, to hang out 
under the control of the Taliban or whoever, Al-Qaeda. That's what they wanted to do and go fight with ISIS. And they've now they're now both in uh, custody. And I. I mean, on the one hand, who the hell would want to go to a combat zone for your honeymoon? On the other hand, they are in Mississippi. So maybe that answers the question for itself. And then there is that the fact I have seen guys make so or people have such awful honeymoon ideas. For example, and maybe this is my experience, but when I was growing up in rural South Carolina, it was not uncommon to see guys trying to connect honeymoon travel to the NASCAR schedule. I don't. I mean, certain women, I'm look, I know they're NASCAR women fans, but you know what I'm saying? Even NASCAR women fans, I don't think for honeymoon, they want to do NASCAR. I don't, I don't think. Now, you know, once again, that was where I was, and we had people who, for whom a honeymoon was a big, you know, we lived, we, it, it was a big deal to spend a weekend in Florence, South Carolina, because of the economics of that. So whatever works for you is great, but if you want to confess the worst honeymoon or worst honeymoon idea ever, 404-436-2007. Do you remember a couple years ago that couple that went down to Mexico for their honeymoon? They got, in fact, they're from somewhere like Mississippi, Alabama, and the guy already had the hotel rooms and everything. So even though a hurricane was coming, they went to the resort. I think it was in Cozumel or Cancun, whatever. And the hurricane comes in and just wipes everything out. Floods, no electricity, no passable roads, and they're stuck in a uh, tourist trap hotel without working plumbing, eating, literally eating the food out of the machines, like they're having to break break into the machines. You, you see this guy? Because they res- he had to be rescued from his own honeymoon. And he's standing there, you know, bubble red, and nice guy, you know, how you doing on board? Or, and there's wife's next to him, hey. And she's got that not yet southern, mellow, you know, woman under control. You know, she said, bless his heart a lot. And she's just looking at him. And he's talking about, well, you know, I thought we could make it. You know, a lot of times these hurricane things are, well, I know I paid for the room. I know I paid. I bought me some plane tickets. We was going to go somewhere. And the woman is just looking at him like, I am going to make you pay. This smile, this frozen smile on her face. I was screaming at the TV, dude, run now. Just either get a divorce right now or kill yourself. One of the two. Because you're done. You are done. You are never going to live this down. Women, never forget. Ever. Every fight you've ever had with a woman happened right now. If you get in a fight with her today, whatever happened 10 years ago happened right now, as far as she's concerned. And this guy, I mean, he's been married three days, Matt. Three days. And she's looking at him. It's like, you've already, she had to, she had to poop in a bucket on her honeymoon because Virgil didn't want to lose the, you know, the down payment, whatever the, you know, that he put down on the hotel room. And he's, and I'm just, dude, he should just get a divorce, get a divorce, get out while you can't fling yourself into the ocean off the coast of Mexico because this is over. Because, you know, this is how, I don't care how long they're married. They can stay married for 90 years. They could be in the old folks home. I don't know. I can't decide if I should have the pudding or the jello. And his wife would be there going, you know what I think? I think that when there's a damn hurricane coming, you shouldn't go to the honeymoon. That's what I think. She's going to hold this over his head for forever. Honey, 
Could I pass you the mashed potatoes? Sure, you could pass you the mashed potatoes. Just like that massive storm passed over us during our honeymoon and ruined my honeymoon. He's never going to hear the end of it because that's how women's brains work. So he may be the, the winner for it. It wasn't that the honeymoon was ruined. It was the fact that he insisted that they do it. That may be the worst. Quite frankly, he should join ISIS. He might as well because he's done. 844-404-1067 is the phone number, or you can call the confession hotline 404-436-2007. When we come back, uh, a customer makes a request of a major national retailer that was pretty astonishing, but the, the decision that the manager made at the store, even worse. You're not going to believe this story. I'll sh- Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Morning, it's ten seventeen. I am Michael Graham. I already told you I'm having a great day. My AC finally got fixed yesterday after eight days. Also, I uh, got to wake up this morning to see the poll numbers. Hillary's actually losing in uh, in New Hampshire. Not just tied, not just close. She's losing, and of course, the new investigation. The FBI has now seized her computers and stuff because she's corrupt, and that's not news anywhere. Uh, but so I've just, just put me in a great mood. This story has not put me in a great mood. You know, uh, I understand the the idea that the customer is always right is kind of a thumbnail sketch working premise, but it is not an absolute gospel truth. What should a business do when a customer is absolutely wrong? A delivery driver in Danville claims a woman refused to let him into her home because he's black. He says what hurts more is that his employer went along with it. Marcus Bradley says he's been an employee of Lowe's Home Improvement in Danville for 11 years. He was making his delivery rounds as usual. When he says he got a call saying to come back to the store so he could be replaced by a white employee. And then I got a phone call on the phone telling me to bring the delivery back saying that I couldn't do the delivery. I asked him why I couldn't do it and he said because you're black and they don't want you at the house. Bradley says he was told the customer specifically asked Lowe's not to send a black delivery person. Now, does that seem crazy to you? Are you thinking like I am? Oh, th- th- that lady didn't say anything. That, that must have been a miscommunication. Surely in Danville, Virginia, there's not a woman saying don't send no black people to my house. We went to the home where the two say the delivery took place. Well, I just want to know your side of the story, if it's true or not. I got a right to have what about more, and that's it. Do you feel bad about the delivery driver? No, I don't feel bad about nothing. I have the right to want what I want. I don't feel bad about nothing, and I don't want no uh, leg joint plant activity, knee, grow, at my house. That's what this woman says. Okay, hey, the world's full of all kinds of people, and the she's free, absolutely free, to have her opinion, and I will completely defend her right to her opinion. But what do you do? If you're the Lowe's manager and you get this call, what do you do? This is the part of the story that really bothered me the most. I mean, I thought that Lowe's would take up for me. Although Bradley is saddened by the way he says the situation was handled, he still plans to be at work tomorrow. I mean, I got to work. I'm going to keep going to work every day like I've always done. But I, I would think that Lowe's would take it into consideration to think about what they're doing next time. 
That's Marcus Bradley. And that first, I, he, he thought Lowe's would take up for it. Wouldn't you expect your boss, your manager, to take up for you? Hey, Marcus, he's a great employee. I'm not going to tell him he can't come to your house. It's his job to go to people's houses. He goes to people houses, people's houses all the time. He, and uh, he, uh, Marcus's co-worker, uh, the white, a white member of the team, he had this reaction. To me, you know, it just ain't right for a business that we work at to uh, go on with the woman's wishes. But Brooks says that's exactly what happened. He says when the two returned to the store, Bradley was replaced by a white driver. It was one of those things that all these guys will get over. They're tough guys, you know. They're delivery guys. And uh, that's kind of where I just had to put my foot down and say I couldn't do it with them. Well, good for you. So he didn't go either. He says, you want to take this crap out to this racist, toothless woman? You go right ahead. I won't be there. Good on you, Alex Brooks. Uh, and good on you, Marcus Bradley. It's, um, you know, Marcus, th- this attitude of, I just got to work. Uh, you know, that's what, you know, you pay your bills, you show up for work. That was the attitude of this black employee at, of Lowe's. There's no hard feelings or nothing like that. Not much people out there like that. I mean, they're going to be there. I mean, you still got to do what you got to do. You can't just stop living just because it's people like that. Exactly. 844 did the store do the right thing by saying, hey, the customer's always right. If she wants to have two members of the Aryan Nations pull up and deliver a box, that's what we're going to do. Uh, or 844-404-1067. If you were Lowe's, would you fire? I will just say this. If I were Lowe's International, I would fire that manager on the spot. And Chris Ahern, a Lowe's spokesperson, says, Apparently, something like that happened. Quote, the manager involved is no longer with the company. Yeah, that's absolutely a firing offense at Michael Graham's store. And he can argue all he wants. Hey, this is we're just this is what the customers want. This is what the customers want. You just say, ma'am, these are our professional employees. They do a professional job when they get there. If they do anything that's unprofessional, you let us know and we will take care of it. But this is our crew. Do you want the damn washer dryer or not? That would be the end of the story. And, uh, you know, we, we have this ugliness of Ferguson going on yet again. We have the extremists in the Black Lives Matter movement shouting down Bernie Sanders ending conversations. And uh, there's a temptation to just say, I don't understand. I don't understand what this is all about. What's the problem? here? Everything's fine. Well, if you're black in America, everything isn't fine. The fact is no white guy has ever had the, uh, don't send them to our house. We don't want any white people in our house. That doesn't happen. This is something that happens to black people in general and black men in particular. They live in a country where it is not common for this to happen, thank God. It's not frequent at all. It's, it's still rare, but it still happens. And we all know that it happens or can happen. We all know it. And so when... People dis- when when white Americans dismiss the anger and say, "Well, I don't understand why why are these uh, people getting pl- pulled by the police? Why are they not just cooperating and doing everything they say? Why aren't they just dropping out of the car and just obeying him? Why are they asking the police officer questions like, "Why do you want to get in my car and why are you reaching for my seat? Why are they even doing that?" Well, this is why, because they live in a country where this can happen, 
Doesn't mean they live in a racist country. You know, U.S. KKK hating. Absolutely not. Doesn't mean that uh, America isn't the best place to live, black or white. It is the best place to live. But it is the natural truth. It is harder to be black in America than it is to be white. Period. 844-404-1067. Did the store do the right thing by saying, yes, ma'am, you're the customer, whatever you want? Or should the store have uh, done what I would have done, which is tell the lady, uh, this is our delivery crew. End of story. Uh, David, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing, sir? I Move love on. your show. Uh, I'm a, a, a mover, and uh, in, 19, in 1986, a long time ago, yep. uh, we I was a helper, and I went with a black driver to a job, and right on the paperwork it said, must be a white crew. Wow. But the company, but the company did the right thing. Well, when the, we rang the doorbell, there we are to move her furniture. Right. And, and she opens up the door, and the driver got ahead of me, and he said, uh, well, I know you wrote on the paperwork that uh, you wanted a white crew. He said, but as you can see, I'm black. She squirmed, <laughs> she squirmed and she said, oh, no, 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 no. What I meant was I wanted the crew to have white T-shirts on because the dark T-shirts stained my walls. <laughs> it was funny to watch her squirm. And I, and I got to go on from there. I, I'm a white guy that's been mm-hmm. dating black girls exclusively for over 40 years. Mm-hmm. I have a wife. That passed away last November, but we were together for 28 years, and uh, I have two black kids, three black grandkids, and I'm an over-the-road truck driver. And mm-hmm. I'll be, I'll, be, I'll tell you right now, I am so grateful that I'm white when I go into different places around this country. And that's what bugs me. You know, it's absolutely true that there's a black crime problem. Anyone who denies that's not being honest. Uh, and it's absolutely true that there's, there are issues that need to be dealt with there about a culture that accepts violence as a reasonable option. For settling you know, problems, but that doesn't. That is true over here, and then right across the street. This is also true that there are still places, not just places. There are people in America who deal with black people differently from white people, who still bear animus assumptions, etc. It really happens, and it is just unrealistic to expect a guy who's been pulled over ten times for in situations where white people would have been pulled over zero to act the same way a white person would. Because I, you know how I would act. If I got pulled over that 10th time, I'd have been, what the bleep, officer? Come on, what the bleep? What's the heck? What's going on? I would not put up with this, with that treatment, and you wouldn't either because we're Americans and we're citizens and we deserve better. And if I knew that my boss had put me on a job, if he, you know, my, send Michael. And then I found out afterwards, yeah, we sent, you know you weren't supposed to do that job. We sent you because they wouldn't take a black person. We sent you. I would be royally, royally angry. So the wrong thing to do, in my opinion, but, you know, you could argue, hey, Michael, the, the customer, you got to keep the customers happy, Michael. You got to get a check. The only color that matters is green. In a case this blatant, I don't agree. I could not do business with this woman if she insisted that all the, the sales people had to be white. Ben, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Thanks for the call. Morning. How you doing, Michael? Doing great. Love to do the right thing by letting the manager go, but they should have... Uh prior to that, and they should have just given the lady her money back and said, mm-hmm. shop elsewhere if that's the way you feel. This is America, just like you said. It's the yeah, way it goes. Yeah, they could do that, but you know what I would do? I think I would, um, I think I would do what, what the previous caller said, which is just, you just show up with the crew you got, and then if she really wants to make you a shot of it, you just drive away and say, okay, man, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, but I think I yeah. would give her, I think I would give her the a chance to do the right thing. You know what I mean? 
to try yeah. just to stand that one. Because you're right, Ben. It, it would be so tempting to just say, hey, I think the KKK appliance store down the streets waiting for I'll, I'll tell Donald Trump to swing by with whatever you're looking for. It'd be so tempting to say that, Ben. I, you, 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 you're speaking for my heart, man. But I, I think what I'd want to do is I'd want to send a qualified crew, whoever, whoever the crew was that was assigned to do that job, and just say, lady, this is who we're sending. Period. End of story. You deal with it on your end. 844-404-1067. I'm Michael Graham. 1032 at News Radio 1067. I'm Matt Dorr at the Ackerman Security News Desk. Here's what's happening. Investigators in North Georgia are collecting evidence after a Dalton drug rehab worker is accused of assaulting a patient. Our Portia Bruner with Fox 5 has more. Dalton police say 27-year-old floor tech Patrick Nix is seen on security video walking inside a female patient's room here at the Highland Rivers Drug and Alcohol Treatment Facility just after 1 a.m. Saturday. The patient says Nix raped her, then left after collecting evidence of the alleged crime. The woman reported her assault hours later. Investigators say they have collected evidence to report her claim. The CEO of Highland Rivers says Nix was a recent hire and has since been placed on leave without pay. A well-respected violin teacher is behind bars, accused of child molestation. Hall County investigators say a 12-year-old boy told his parents that instructor Leo Mezzarinen had touched him inappropriately while he attended lessons at the Gainesville's Oxford Academy of Classical Studies. Boyd Helm is the property manager and tells Fox 5 he's defending the teacher. We have a network of many people that... Uh going through his classes, and I just believe these accusations are false. The 85-year-old Mezzerlian had been held at Hall County Jail until a hearing on Friday. Police in East Point are looking for three members of a violent robbing crew which held up a Metro PCS store before one of the men sexually assaulted the store's clerk. Chuck Black op- operates a nearby barber shop and tells Fox 5 he can't believe it happened. It was before 2 o'clock in the afternoon. The parking lot was full. A lot of activity going on. Police say the getaway driver is a woman. Officers say they briefly chased the suspects before they got away, but did later recover the stolen getaway car. Democratic frontrunner Hillary Clinton has instructed her attorney to hand over her private email server and thumb drives of her work-related emails to the Justice Department. Global Affairs correspondent Elise Labatt is on the move by Clinton. Secretary Clinton saying she will hand over that server to the Department of Justice. Her spokesman Nick Merrill told CNN she pledged to cooperate with the government's secret inquiry if only more questions will continue to address them. Merrill said in the meantime, Clinton's team has worked with the State Department to ensure her emails are stored in a safe and secure manner. It's 1034 from the Haviland Express Loop Traffic Center. Road work popping up, 285 southbound at Cascade Road. You're going to have a left lane block from Cascade down to Lakeford Parkway. Also right before the financial tunnel on 400 southbound, you've got a left lane block from there down to Sydney Marcus. And a new crash on the bottom of the perimeter, 285 eastbound right before I-20. That has a right lane blocked in DeKalb County. This traffic report brought to you by the Georgia Aquarium. It's making August way cooler with $7 off general admission. Book online in advance to see the amazing animals and big savings and go to georgiaaquarium.org for all the details now for a check of your weather is joanne feldman 
I'm meteorologist Joanne Feldman with your Fox 5 Storm Team forecast. We're going to get a really good break from humidity for at least the next two days. Humidity levels will actually continue to fall through this afternoon as the temperature rises up to about 89. We'll have lots of sunshine today. No need to have your umbrella handy. Then mostly clear temperatures in the mid to upper 60s as we head into Thursday morning. And then Thursday afternoon, lots of sunshine and 88. Remember to get your weather updates around the clock from Atlanta's local news team, Fox 5 News and News Radio 1067. This weather update brought to you by Showcase Photo and Video. It's 80 degrees in Buckhead. I'm Matt Dorr. More now from the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. When it's over, that's the time Good morning, it's 1036. I am Michael Graham. Welcome to the show. So glad you are here. At 11.05, you're going to hear from the editor of the number one newspaper in New Hampshire about these latest poll numbers. Hillary Clinton is losing to Bernie Sanders if you're just tuning in. Uh, and not only that, but she's had to hand over her uh, server and thumb drives, et cetera, to the FBI because of evidence that she, despite her claims, did, in fact, ship around classified information. Right now, though, we're talking about a story out of Danville, Virginia, an area that I know a little bit. I worked on some political races right across the border in North Carolina, and it's, it's right there at the border of North, North Carolina, Virginia. And a, call, a, cup, uh, a, a local Lowe's got a call. We want you to deliver something, please. Don't send any black people. I don't like black people. I want all white deliverer drivers. And uh, the manager pulled the black driver off the truck, replaced him with a white driver. His his partner, who happened to be white, said, well, I'm not going to do it. And if you think that there's some question here, like maybe this is one of those whipped up stories and there was a miscommunication, the local TV station found the lady who said, I don't want any black delivery men, and here's that conversation. We went to the home where the two say the delivery took place. Well, I just want to know your side of the story, if it's true or not. I got a right to have what I want, and that's it. Do you feel bad about the delivery driver? No, I don't feel bad about nothing. She don't feel bad about nothing. Is she right? Hey, she's the customer. She's writing a check, 844-404-1067. Or was Lowe's right after Lowe's, you know, Corp found out what this manager did. The manager um, has gone on to pursue other options, as they say in the radio business. Uh, let's go to Ron. Ron, thank you for the call. You're on the air. Hey, Michael. Uh, you know, I've not, I've not heard anybody say anything about that position that manager was in. Uh, mm-hmm. Lowe's structured with uh, share profit sharing and such as that. A lot of your gardeners there might be millionaires. Uh, stock split so many times, so he has to answer to his peers on lost money. He has to answer to his manager and, of course, corporate. Um, and so, you know, he was in a he was swinging a rock in a hard place on this deal, but it should have been handled when the request was made. He just said, "I'm sorry, I can't promise that." Um, I can't. So that's I'm sorry, I can't promise that. In other words, the, the deliverers are going to deliver what it's going to be, and that's that. Right. We, we, we can't distinguish on, on who's going to deliver. I have right. no idea what truck is going to be on. I can't promise that. But that guy was in a no-win situation on this deal. He could have been fired for turning down, you know, the sale. You think so? Oh, sure he could. Yes. Like I said, it, not to mention his employee owners might have been on his tail, too, about losing money. That's why it's structured uh, that way. I, I got to tell you, I doubt you're going to have anybody uh, who says... You know, you should have kept the black guy off that truck. I, I think that I, I, I'm just do. I, I'm, I'm with you on the, uh, you know, there, it's it's a tough spot. 
Uh, but I'm sorry. Anybody who cares about Lowe's continuing to make money is going to be on the side of ignore this lady because you know that this is bad news for Lowe's. The right thing to do morally is to say, screw you, lady. The truck is a truck. That's it. You don't like it? Then don't, don't take the delivery. The right thing to do economically is to say, screw you, lady. The truck is a truck. That's the right thing to do. And is anybody surprised by this? Be honest. Is there anybody surprised that this has happened? If if I told you that it happened 10% of the time, you'd be surprised. Be, no, I can't believe that it's that high. But are you surprised that it still happens every once in a while? Not at all. And that is my point about this debate over what to do about policing the black community. When you treat people like crap, and then when you have other people treating those people like crap, eventually that level of tension is going to result in bad things happening. Part of the burden is in the black community to do something about violence, but part of the burden is in the uh, policing community to change the way they do business. If we do both those things, everybody can win. But sitting around and denying that this is true is just ridiculous. Wes, you're on the air with Michael Graham. Hey, how are you? I'm a long-time listener. I, I appreciate love your show. that. Thank you. I just, I just wanted to mention, you know, you said that it happened to only black people. I'm a white mm-hmm. HVAC technician. It's happened to me in the past. Really? As well, um, yeah, totally. Um, happened in Lithonia. I used to work for an old company mm-hmm. um, out of Loganville, and I literally went to a guy's house, and he wouldn't let me in the door because I was white. Um, what? It, it didn't, didn't want me to fix his air conditioner, totally because I was white. And luckily for us at the time, we had another black technician mm-hmm. who um, who's a great guy. Um, so we didn't lose the man's business, but it, well, it totally was kind of disgusting. I, mean, I would have lost the guy's business. I would have said, then you can find something. I mean, once again, you're not the boss, but if I had been your well, boss, you know, so you can find something else. I just, and I agree with that. I, I totally agree with that. Let, like, let me you ask you so. Do you, customer, but do, we, you know, in this business, you try to, try to get what you can when you can. I, I understand that completely. I wish you'd been at my house the last eight days <laughs> when we were getting crappy <laughs> service. Um, but, but let me ask you, do you, how about this? Would you agree that it's more likely when it does happen to be someone who says, I don't want a black person in my house? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, that's for, I mean 100%. I mean, being, yeah. being from the South, being born and raised here in the South. Exactly. Um, you know, it does happen more with black people mm-hmm. and it's a disgusting thing. But you, you being from the South know yep. even more that the media has blown this out of proportion. Us in the South really do not feel that way. Oh, you know, you know, that, no, the, 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 the classic the, the classic line is that Yankee in, in uh, white people up north love black people as a group, but you know don't like them as individuals. Southerners, you know, Southern whites allegedly don't like white black people as a group, but you know, but go to work with them every day, go to school with them every day, hang out with them every day. You know that's that that that's that tension, and it is it's hard to have that honest conversation. I I, I think it's unfair in a way that the people who have been smeared the most by the media, which is Southern white people, have to be the ones to step up and do the right thing first. But if we want the right thing to happen, you're going to have to. It's just it's just that way. That's just the way it is. And it kind of sucks, but that's just the way it is. Let's be first. Let's do the right thing and say, yes, it is still harder in America to be black than it is to be white. Yes, there is treatment of black people that would drive any normal person of any color crazy, and those things can be fixed. And then we can go on to the next part of the conversation. And by the way, our black friends, dude, what the hell's going on where thug life is lifted up as a reasonable lifestyle choice? You have both those conversations at the same time. America wins. That's what I want. Michael Graham now in the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Because you had a bad day. You take it one down. You sing a sad song just to turn it 
music is a special dedication to Hillary Clinton and her campaign. Here to discuss it all is Bill Crystal. Bill, so what's more of a bad day for Hillary today? The fact that she had to turn over her server or the fact that a brand new poll from Hampshire shows her straight up losing to Bernie Sanders? I suppose the server, uh, you know, ultimately is more dangerous to her. But losing to Bernie Sanders, it's something you and I have discussed over these last weeks and months. And I think we've both been bearish on Hillary Clinton. And I think I may have even said that at some point she will be behind Bernie Sanders in New Hampshire. Maybe New Iowa will follow soon. People have just consistently overestimated her strength, underestimated the desire, underestimated the extent to which Bernie Sanders actually is tapping into a genuine uh, sentiment among Democrats. You know, people say, well, it's a protest vote. People don't want Clinton. There's some truth to that. But there are also just a lot of Democrats on the left who want a left-wing message and a left-wing messenger. And that's what Bernie Sanders is. You look at the uh, internals in the poll and you see that the support for Hillary Clinton is so soft. Her very favorable number is tiny compared to Bernie Sanders and her somewhat favorable. So it's very much she is the shrug candidate of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I guess it's Hillary. I guess that's what we're doing. And that's it. And when, and when you have a candidate like that, Ed Muskie in 1971 would be a good example. John Glenn, I've really forgotten that he was considered to be a possible frontrunner in 1983. Those candidates are vulnerable. Sometimes they'll win, you know, because no one quite credible uh, ultimately challenges them or the other or the challenger's campaign blows up for some reason or other. But they win the primary. They don't usually win a general election. But uh, but they also can lose the primary. And um, it is it is really <clears> – <throat> excuse me – I mean, the people who who, uh, who woke up this morning and were, I think, amused and interested and even maybe excited to see the Boston Herald and its poll were Joe Biden, I've got to think, on vacation, I think, in South Carolina. But uh, these days with the Internet, he has access to that poll. And I've got to think that that made him think a little more seriously than even before. And I think he was already thinking seriously about running. Uh, Barack Obama up there near Boston in Massachusetts at Martha's Vineyard probably actually has the uh, the hard copy, the, the dead tree print edition of the Boston Herald. And I've got to think he smiled when he saw that big page one headline, Hillary Trails in New Hampshire. So there are a lot of, as you said, there's general, what's the word, uh, shrug, shrugginess right. about Hillary Clinton <laughs> among Democrats. Among a lot of Democratic elites, there's distaste. They probably thought until now they kind of have to go along. But now I think ranging from Biden himself to a lot of political operatives to a lot of donors, people are suddenly saying, hey, you know what? There are people I might prefer to Hillary Clinton. Uh, the Clinton camp's response would be, you know, New Hampshire, it's right next door to Bernie's home state of Vermont. It's also a very, very white electorate. And, of course, Democratic uh, primary voters uh, have a significant percentage of black voters in that group. And uh, Hillary's going to do great among them. And this is a bunch of, uh, you know, college kids, you know, hanging out, you know, uh, having fun, uh, listening and downloading music at the local Starbucks, maybe smoking a little pot and voting for Bernie. You know, there's some truth to the fact that it's not a typical Democratic electorate. It is, on the other hand, a state that Hillary Clinton won in 2008, and where presumably there would have been residual goodwill and loyalty to her. But I do think they think that, uh, fine, Iowa, uh, New Hampshire could be bad, Iowa could be rough, uh, but when we get down south and we get to more to bigger states where the Democratic primary electorate is 20, 30, 40 percent African-American, uh, there'll be huge loyalty to Hillary Clinton. That, I think, is the next domino that could topple. That's an unproven assumption. It's based on the fact that Bill Clinton was very popular with African-Americans 
what, 15 years ago when he was president of the United States, and he personally is still popular. She's sort of derivatively popular, but, of course, running against Obama distorted everything, so we don't really know how popular she is. Uh, but why is she so popular, incidentally? I mean, she's not been super identified with their causes. Um, and, in fact, uh, I, I think it's quite possible that well, – and here's the big – here's, I guess, the way, the way to say it. Here's the big, I think, question then. Who's the <clears throat> whose signal would African American voters look to to see whether they sort of are obliged to go with Hillary Clinton or free to consider other candidates? Barack Obama. And watching Obama, he will presumably not endorse, I would guess, either Hillary or against Hillary. Though if Joe Biden runs, it'd be very interesting to see how much Obama throws his arm around him, how much Obama goes out of his way to praise his vice president. Very interesting to see what Valerie Jordan says. Very interesting to see what Eric Holder says. Very interesting to see what people really close to President Obama say. I don't know. If you're a sort of average Democratic, you know, African-American voter, and you're getting signals from the president of the United States that they're, you're not you know, there's no reason to prefer Hillary necessarily to others who might be running. I'm not so sure that that African-American vote is such a big, is such a safe place for Hillary Clinton to assume she's got kind of this reservoir of support. Uh, and on the other side of the aisle, uh, we see that uh, Donald Trump is still at the top of the ticket for Republicans. But man, 18 percent of the vote, very, very weak and his negatives are astonishing for a small, friendly state like New Hampshire, where my mother-in-law lives. Well, he's, I mean, I've been wrong about Trump. and I was right about Trump in saying that he had to be taken seriously, and there was a lot to learn from Trump. I think I was a little ahead of the curve on that. You and I, I think we're together. You and I were together and then saying that he's not going to be the nominee, and this bubble will burst, and he will fade. I, I was early on that. I, I, I sort of three weeks ago thought we had seen peak Trump. I think we have now seen it. We now have, yes, from yesterday, I think we have a national poll, an Iowa poll, and a New Hampshire poll, all showing Trump somewhere between, I think, four and nine points lower than where he was in the same previous right. polls or in the polls in the same state. So I, I think that we have probably seen the plateauing and the beginning of the decline of the Trump phenomenon. Still remains a challenge for the other Republican candidates to channel that populist uh, sort of middle class uh, um, anger and disillusionment with the Republican leadership. And I, I, I think it's I'm not sure the other candidates have really woken up as much as they should have to the implications of Trump that just basically trying to kind of stay alive while the Trump wave crests and, and recedes. Ultimately, I think the Trump phenomenon is easier for Republicans to handle than the Sanders phenomenon is for Democrats. I mean, Sanders is an ideological problem, and he's going to pull the party to the left. Trump is a sort of problem of tone to some degree, a problem of the congressional leadership, disappointing people. And a lot of what Trump says can be accommodated by the other major Republican candidates. So I think uh, the media has been obsessed with Trump. He's gotten 100 times more publicity than Sanders. Sanders will end up being a more significant figure in the 2016 election cycle than Trump. Hillary's in trouble in New Hampshire. Donald Trump's fading. I'm telling you, Bill, you laugh when I said it, but I stand by it. Third-party campaign, the Clinton-Trump third-party ticket. I, it's, that would that be, is the future. That would, be, that would be exciting in a way, fun, right? The wedding, the, you know, the wedding party. Right? Corrupt I mean, egomaniacs arise. You have, right. nothing, <laughs> you have nothing to lose. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us here. We really appreciate your time. And that's Bill Crystal on the election. I want to hear from you, of course, at 844-404-1067. And the confession hotline is wide open waiting for your calls. The best call of the day will win tickets to see Yes and Toto in concert at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater August 22nd.
And you can call about anything, obviously. But we're particularly interested in calls regarding the uh, honeymoon decision that a couple in Mississippi made. 21-year-old Jalen Deshaun Young and 22-year-old Mohammed Mo Dekhala were arrested at a Mississippi airport just before boarding a flight to Istanbul. They planned to join ISIS on their honeymoon. By the way, have you seen the picture of uh, Jalen Young? Have you seen her? She's got it going on. She's good looking. ISIS would be a big win for ISIS. So is that the worst honeymoon idea or outcome that you've ever seen? Or have you had a worse one? 404-436-2007. 404-436-2007 is a confession hotline. Call in now. When we come back, uh, we're uh, more on the story of the Lowe's manager who uh, agreed to only send white people to deliver stuff because a woman did not want uh, those people in her store. More women complaining that it's a makeup tax, the hours of productivity lost they have to spend putting on makeup. And a French couple proves, I think, that I'm right about the hot car death story in Cobb County. All that and more only on The Natural Truth. Clinton has now agreed to turn over to the Justice Department the private email server she used as Secretary of State. This newlywed couple in federal custody this morning now accused of trying to join a terrorist organization. A new poll has Senator Bernie Sanders beating presumptive Democratic presidential frontrunner Hillary Clinton in New Hampshire. Sanders has eclipsed Clinton by a 44 to 37 percent margin. This is the Michael Graham Show on News Radio 1067. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, keep my own brain. Good morning, it's 1105 on News Radio 106.7. Oh, yeah. Michael Graham, your host, MC, star of the show, renowned spoiler of women, known enemy of the jihad, the geekiest white guy east of the Mississippi River. How geeky? I've never been disinvited from delivering something to somebody's house. So that's how geeky and white I am. Welcome to the show. Love that you're here. This is our conversation together. I don't tell you what to think or what you should do. I don't pander to you and tell you that everything you think is, in my opinion, correct. Because we disagree on some stuff. But I think you're a grown-up and you can handle disagreeing with me. And then you can call me and tell me why I'm wrong. And then I can learn stuff. And so no pandering to the low-info voters here This is a talk show for normal people. I am not one, but I admire you tremendously. And normal people do not say, don't send no black man to my house to deliver my stuff. So uh, 844-404-1067. The other great story of the day, and everybody who has had a problematic honeymoon in your life or narrowly missed having a problematic honeymoon can can relate to the story from the state of Mississippi. This was an FBI sting, and authorities say that most of it happened online. This newlywed couple in federal custody this morning now accused of trying to join a terrorist organization. She's the smart young woman from homecoming court, an honor student who competed on the robotics team. And this morning, federal authorities say she's also a homegrown supporter of terror. They say 20-year-old Jalen Young is confessing that she and her new husband were traveling to join ISIS in Syria. 
super smart, uh, always very polite, not radical in any way. Undercover agents pretending to be terrorists spent the summer talking with the couple on social media, saying that last month she even praised the murders of four U.S. Marines killed by a gunman in Chattanooga. Young and 22-year-old Mohammed Daglala were married June 6th, and according to this federal complaint, were pretending the trip to Syria was their honeymoon. Investigators say at one point the Mississippi State student told them how she plans to help ISIS fighters. I am skilled in math and chemistry and worked at an analytical lab here at my college campus. We learn very fast and would love to help with giving medical aid to the injury. That is tragic. It is not just because it's a terrible thing in America. But have you seen her? You got to check out the picture. Uh, soccer boy, you've seen the uh, you've seen the photo of the young lady. Yes. Very nice, very nice, absolutely. And so, what a loss for that is, and also more proof that the 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 the, the common thread of the terror is not poverty. These are college kids doing well, bright futures in front of them. It's not lack of hope. It's not oppression. It's not mental illness. There is one common thread through these terror and would be terror attacks. And it rhymes with Bislam. And that's just the natural truth. 844-404-1067. And so that's why in the confession hotline, if you want to confess (laughs) your uh, honeymoon nightmare or maybe, ladies, the guy in your life had a really dumb idea or, guys, maybe you had a really dumb idea, uh, 404-436-2007. We play the confession hotline every day at 1145 and give away valuable prizes. 404-436-2007. 2007. Uh, and today's prize, a pair of tickets to see Yes and Toto at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater August 22nd. It sounds weird to see Yes and Toto. It's almost like a sentence. So Yes and Toto, I what? It's like, no joke, uh, this is absolutely true. Back in the 90s, Cake and Hole went on tour together. <laughs> so you had Cake on the top of the marquee. You know, I guess it was better than if, it, if Corn had gone on tour. True story, uh, when Snatch, the movie, first came out, I was happened to be in, in L.A. doing a TV thing. I forget what it was. And Paul Provenza, the comedian, is a buddy of mine. And he's real tight with Penn Gillette at Penn & Teller. So we, we were hanging out with Penn. And it, Snatch, we, so we, they said, well, let's go see Snatch. We go to the market. I swear I'm not making this up. So give me a stack of Bibles. The marquee said the first movie, you know, theater one, What Women Want, theater two, Snatch. So, and I was in that part of L.A., so it could have definitely been. And then there was a volleyball thing right there. Uh, 844-404-1067. Um, uh, so, oh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, the, 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 the other stuff. We, we have other stuff going on today. I forgot. I love this, um, the, the way that the uh, Hillary Clinton, team Hillary Clinton has completely changed their story on the email server. If you don't, if you, if you haven't been paying that much attention, the deal is, of course, while she's Secretary of State, she's cutting all these deals. She and her husband are collecting literally hundreds of millions of dollars from foreign countries and from companies who want sweetheart deals. They want, you know, there's regulations and stuff like a, comp- a country in one country wants to do business somewhere else and the State Department gets to review it. All these reviews are getting done. Money was pouring in and she mysteriously decided that all of her emails should be secret and hidden away, away from her fellow government workers. When she was done with her job, she gave back part of the e- emails. Once again, this is the email at work. Like if you were at work and all, you know, if you were at work and you left work, wouldn't all of your emails for the company on the company email be there when you left? And they'd have them all and they could review them. And if you were doing something untoward, they could review. Well, not Hillary. 
Hillary kept all of her emails and then decided which one she'd give back. Turns out she lied about what was in them. Turns out she lied about what's going on. And Charles Krauthammer makes a good point. The overall problem for Hillary is one, it's hard to see a solution no matter what happens with the server. Nothing she says ever is true three weeks later. She, exactly. she says there was nothing classified, and I know how to do that. I know the process. And then it was revised to nothing that at the time was classified. Well, now we're learning it is quite probable that actually at the time it was, and she should have known it, even if she'll claim, obviously, that she didn't. There's always a movement of parsing, a cutting of the edges with her husband and with herself, and that is the problem that dogs her and that she cannot escape. And that's why fewer than a third of the people, uh, about a third of the people in the United States, think that Hillary Clinton is trustworthy. That's why she's losing to this shaky, you know, ball-headed old socialist, Bernie Sanders from Vermont. She's losing to him 44 to 37%. And that's why when they are asked, what do you think of Hillary? Only a third of voters say she supports, they say they support Hillary Clinton. The rest say, well, she's probably just going to be the nominee. I'm not enthusiastic, but uh, but whatever. A third, 35%, yes, I want her to be president. The rest, either they don't want her or they're like, well, whatever. That's fine. As you heard Bill Crystal say, there's a lot of shrugginess in her support. So we are opening the doors. Anyone who's a Hillary Clinton supporter, feel free to jump on the phone. and Because and, I, I, I've yet to encounter someone who's an actual fan of Mrs. Bill Clinton. 844-404-1067. Coming up, how a French couple proves that I could, in fact, be right about what happened in the Justice Ross Harris uh, hot car death case. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at Noon on News Radio 1067. Good morning, it's 1119. Oh, uh, yeah. Michael Graham, Braves fans all season long, and the Braves score five or more runs. You score at Express Oil Change and Service Center. Didn't happen last night, alas, but stay tuned. Listen to the Braves here on News Radio 1067. And then tell my friends at Express Oil Change and Service Center you want to save money. Uh, so, uh, obviously, a lot of stuff going on, on the show today. When the um, story of Justin Ross Harris first broke, uh, I was kind of alone in saying to people, look, th- this may be the case of a truly psychotic dad who killed his son for apparently no reason. There was no insurance money, you know, the small-time insurance money. It, was, it didn't make his ability to swing any more swinging. He could have left his wife and kids anytime. It's, so it's possible that the that the dad is a total dirtbag murderer, psychopath. But it's also possible that he really did forget his kid in the car. And many, many, many people said, no, absolutely not. It is impossible to forget your child. You cannot forget your child. It just doesn't happen. Well, does this story really sound that implausible to you? Or does this story sound like there but for the grace of God? Road trips can be immensely stressful experiences due to traffic, navigating directions, and being cooped up in a small space for a long amount of time. One family in France had a particularly rough time on their drive to the French Riviera, as during it, they forgot their three-year-old daughter at a rest stop. It took them a while to realize their brood was a child short, and that moment came following a radio alert about a young girl who had been found. 
By then, the family was nearly a hundred miles away. The drive back took some time, and the reunion occurred over two hours after they'd driven off without her. Local authorities are investigating the situation and determining if charges will be filed against the parents. Now, how about it? You hear that story where those two parents trying to kill their child, and then they got two hours away, and then they changed their mind about killing their child? Or is it possible that they just forgot their kid? 844-404-1067. Look, my... Uh, uh, family was having lunch at Carolina Wings in Northeast Columbia. And my daughter, Alex, was, I'm guessing, like 10, maybe, 9, somewhere in there. And we got up to leave, and, you know, people do the bathroom, some bathroom. And there were two cars, and uh, we all got out to our car, and Grandma and Grandpa were in their car. And we drive all the way home, and as soon as we walk into Grandma's house, about which is only like five minutes away, Phone rings, ring, ring, ring. It's my daughter on the phone <laughs> at the restaurant. Dad, you left me. Mom, you left me. It happens. It happens. And I knew I, I do not hate my daughter. I'm not a child abuser. It's it's real life. 844-404-1067. I've also been talking about the horrific Lowe's story where the knucklehead woman said, don't send no black man to, my, you know, to deliver my stuff. And the knucklehead manager said, okay, and pulled the black delivery guy off the truck. John, you're on the air. Thanks for the call. Michael, I think the problem here is it's a very uncomfortable position for the manager, definitely. But we don't always do the right thing. Sometimes we are hampered by convenience, by financial circumstances. And, you know, sometimes we have to make a decision based upon the situation. Now, let me let me preface this by saying I'm over the age of 50, a black male. Mm -hmm. So I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and that may influence some of my thinking. Sure. But I'm in the business of fundraising. And every time I go to someone's house to ask for money, this topic is in the back of my mind. Are they going to reject me because I'm black? Right. Will my white counterpart get more funding than I will? Even talking with most of my clients who are white and over the age of 70, sometimes they'll laugh and they'll talk about an experience they've had. They'll even use the N-word. And sometimes I have to just ignore it, mm-hmm. and then I'll walk out of there with a $50,000 check. Wow. So it, it's something that is mm-hmm. in the back of our minds. And like I said, we may not do the right thing. We may not respond the right way. But it's just a fact of well, life. Well, let me ask you, if you'd been the manager and that woman had called in and said, I don't want a black delivery truck driver, what would you have done? I think I would have changed and sent a white delivery driver. Really? But I would have approached the black delivery driver and have a heart-to-heart talk with him. Not just say, hey, they don't want you to come because John, you're black. I, I, you we, know, we, we will have to, respectfully, we have to respectfully disagree. And if... <laughs> And I will say this because I'm allowed to say this. There's stuff I'm allowed to say. If you are a white guy, I would say what a dirtbag move. What a terrible dirtbag move thing to say. I'm not allowed to say that to you because you're black. And so that's how the hierarchy things work. But to say I'm screwing my black driver over to cater to this racist knucklehead, no, absolutely not. 844-404-1067. George, the couple left their toddler at the roadside stop, didn't realize it for two hours. Uh, was it a plot or can this happen to anybody? You know, I don't I, – I'm swayed both ways. I'm, I'm absent-minded, ridiculously, as it is. <laughs> I've never had that happen, but something that did happen to my uncle and aunt is mm-hmm. they were on the way back from Florida. He stopped to get gas, 
she was asleep in the back seat. He got gas. She got out to go to the bathroom. He comes back out, hops in, takes off. He gets an hour and a half. And, she, and remember, she wanted to stop at Shawnee's and eat. So he pulls into Shawnee's, reaches around to wake her up, and she's not there. She drives an hour and a half back. She's sitting on the uh, steps of the sure. gas station ready to cuss somebody out. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that it, divorce. It, it, I, I assume. Know, I assume that divorce proceedings began soon after. Nah, they they're too too old and too set their ways to start trying to new stuff now. But you know, every day he's hearing it. Every day he oh, is that, here. That, she, that, that's oh, that's the gimme. Oh. I mean, they put that stuff in the pocketbook <laughs> and they bring it out on festivities. <laughs> you remember when you left? Oh, dude, if, I, if I were if I were him, I'd put her in the car, have her start it, then I would lay down the road and let her run it. And just <laughs> run, baby, run me over. Just run me over. Get it over right now. Oh my gosh. Uh, but I this look the uh, people people forget stuff. You so that you know that was a miscommunication kind of thing. People forget stuff. People get they focused on one thing and focus on another. It's how the brain works. And it's easy to sit back and say, I would never forget my child. But the fact is, one in four Americans have acknowledged in surveys, I have forgotten my child. I've you know gotten home and the kid's in the back seat. And I thought I heard the phone ringing. I jump out of the car, run in, I take the phone call. Then I start whatever, you know, messing with the dinner or, you know, get it. And all of a sudden after half hour, holy crap, my baby's in the car this whole time. It happens. It happens to real life people. That doesn't mean that uh that uh harris isn't a killer the the court has to present their evidence but the idea that the only thing that could have happened there is murder is just silly we uh, you, you may hear this theme occasionally on my show we are smarter than this come on we do talk radio because we go beyond the surface question you know the, the knee jerk oh you know somebody said something he must be a racist well we look at the next level well, wait a minute what, what what's really going on is that true we go this, this we are we are more interested we are more intellectually interested in the world and how it works and so we understand that there are you know the stuff happens and real live people make real live mistakes and then we see stuff on the web because uh talk radio listeners are avarice uh, are, are are voracious uh media consumers you're out on the web and you're googling stuff you say hey michael i found this story i haven't seen a report in the mainstream news you and i do this all the time so we're better than the if he, the kid's in the car and he died, dad must have murdered him. <laughs> That's the fourth grader's reaction. We go, huh, well, it could be murder, but let's look at the rest. And uh, if I, not only, I, I've told you this before, if I had to bet right now, not only would I bet that uh, Harris is not a murderer, I'm telling you, he's not going to get convicted. He's not, they don't have the case. They, because no one can show the most important thing, which is motive. What did he get out of it? How did this benefit him in any way? A few grand for a small-time life insurance policy, cheating on his wife. Dude, it's a lot easier to cheat on your wife. Or, or, it's a lot easier to run around when you just get the divorce. Killing your kid doesn't pick up chicks. This adds nothing to your amorous life. So write it down. Remember here first when everyone was telling you, oh, this is open and shut case. They're, they're going to fry him. When he, when he walks or when the, when the DA pleads down, you remember Michael Graham's one who told you their case is not that good. I'm not saying he's innocent. I'm just saying you got to put the case together because it is possible and it has happened before. 844-404-1067. So what's going on with those horrible Hillary poll numbers? Drew Klein with the number one newspaper in New Hampshire is going to tell us. I am Michael Graham. Lunch doesn't have to cost dough because every day 
on Michael Graham's show. Hey, wait a minute. That's me. The lunch line. Kick it. You get free lunch if you call and win. 844-404-1067. Free food is yours if you just listen. And today's lunch line comes to you courtesy of our friend Donald Trump. Finish this line and win free lunch. You could have one superpower. What would it be? Today's lunch line sponsored by TasteofAtlanta.com with a gift certificate to the Village Tavern. Enjoy a great meal at Village Tavern. And then check out TasteofAtlanta.com. Taste of Atlanta is coming back for its 14th year, the end of September through September 16th. So go to TasteofAtlanta.com. But someone's going to win a uh, lunch at the Village Tavern because they're going to call 844-404-1067 right now and finish that line for us. Hey, could we hear it just one more time, Maestro, please? If you could have one superpower, what would it be? That was uh, our good friend Donald Trump. Uh, while we are lining up a lunch line winner, what the heck is going on with the polls in New Hampshire? Hillary Clinton really losing to Bernie Sanders. Drew Klein with the New Hampshire Union leader. Drew, I assume your headline today was doddering octogenarian socialist beating tech challenge grandmother in New Hampshire. Is that the headline? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's just of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Hey, hang on for a second. I want to get uh, Drew. I want to give uh, Jason a chance to win this uh, lunch. Jason, are you ready to go, buddy? Yes, sir. We're gonna play uh, Donald Trump. You finish it and you win. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Jason, keep my brain. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Keep my own brain. There you go, Jason. And that is a classic Trump line. Donald Trump just sent Jason to the Village Tavern. And Drew Klein, that really is kind of Trump at his Trumpiest, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, I, my, see, my superpower would be persuasion. Right? <laughs> and I could just tell you whatever to do, and you'd just do it right away. Right. That would be the greatest. But, yeah, Trump, it's all about Trump, you know. See, my, he my, he my, is his own superpower. My superpower would be able to see through law, walls so I could go, like, to the dressing rooms and the, uh, you know. <laughs> but that's just, that's just the difference. We're talking to Drew Klein, <laughs> with, the, Drew Klein with the New Hampshire Union leader. New Hampshireites are kind of uh, known, or at least, you know, their reputation is kind of, uh, you know, uh, uh, flinty, kind of tough-minded. You know, they don't fall fall for a lot of uh, sweet talk, et cetera. Why is Donald Trump doing so well in New Hampshire? Yeah, that's a great question. And what I chalk it up to is the Mm -hmm. anti-establishment sort of persona and ethos that he's got. It's not necessarily what he's saying. Well, let's go back a little bit, right? So it starts with immigration. Um, Huge issue. He's talking about it in a way that other candidates aren't talking about it, and that attracted a lot of people to him Mm -hmm. to listen to him. But the rest of it is not so much what he's saying as his whole demeanor and persona. The fact that he is characterizing himself as somebody who's unencumbered by any constraints, right? He can right. self-fund. He has no. He, he he can do whatever he wants, right? That he, he, both the left and the right are tired of the establishment, sick of the establishment, sick of people saying mealy mouth things, sick of people being tied to questionable policies because they want to have donor money. So Trump says he just blasts right through all of that. He says, I'll go to Washington and I'll get everything right. done the way I want it. You know, so there's a big anti-establishment push in it. And I think that's 
the bulk of it. So it doesn't necessarily matter what he says. It's how he presents right. himself. I thought and that's the why most you didn't see his numbers drop as much as you would expect after the debate. Sure, but they did. They are not, uh, you know, the the kind of towering numbers he's used to. He's at eighteen percent in New Hampshire, yeah. Donald Trump, versus thirteen for Jeb Bush, twelve for John Kasich, which is a surprise, and I'll ask about that in a second. And then ten for Cruz and nine for Fiorina. I mean, you'd think these are the people really shaking up the race. And notice the names I didn't mention: Walker, Rubio, Perry, Paul, Christie. Uh, that's yeah, Rubio surprises me uh, a, a little bit. But it, so if you break down that that Suffolk poll that you're mm-hmm. just going over, take out Bush, Bush and Kasich. There's what twenty five percent. Twenty five percent. That's right. Um, that's the establishment vote. Twenty five percent. Then add up Trump, Cruz, Fiorina, Paul. That's your anti-establishment vote. Mm-hmm. It's forty some percent. Right. That's the way I'm looking at it. Right. Mm-hmm. So. It's not that you, so you have the libertarian people who kind of like Paul, but even a lot of the Ron Paul, you remember those guys, sure, the Ron absolutely. Paul fans. From a lot of them are not quite sold on on Rand. They think he's too establishment. You know, some of them are like, hey, wow. yeah, I like Trump. Um, you know, Cruz is attracting some of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, Cruz and Paul are not necessarily splitting the same ideological voters. But if you consider that the anti-establishment group, those four candidates, and then you throw in Carson. Um, you know, with a couple of percent for him, you know, you've got almost 50 percent. Absolutely. Hampshire electorate that is anti-establishment. What they're saying is, I do not want an establishment candidate. Right. And, this is, and this is a state that has gone for Pat Buchanan in the past, yeah. uh, famously. Uh, and by the way, the other number about uh, Donald Trump in New Hampshire that strikes me, uh, do you want him to be president? 29 percent no. And then another 41 percent I support some of his ideas, but don't think he has the temperament to be president. That's 70% yeah. of the yeah. Republicans in New Hampshire say either they don't want him or they don't think he should do it. Now, as bad as that is, you know, Hillary Clinton won New Hampshire just, eight, you know, in 2008. And now mm-hmm. she's losing to Bernie Sanders and her <laughs> positives. I thought it was really interesting. Her very favorable is is soft. It's only 36% compared to yeah. Bernie Sanders' 54 all of her favorable is the somewhat favorable. We just had Bill Crystal yeah. on from the Weekly Standard. He described it a lot of shrugginess among her voters. They kind of shrug and go, eh, I guess. Is that the story for Hillary in New Hampshire? Sure. Hillary's the rubber chicken dinner. You're, you're given the <laughs> rubber chicken. You don't like it. You really would rather have something else. Sure. But that's all you're going to get this time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Sanders comes out of nowhere, and he is, you know, exciting. And mm-hmm. you look at the Suffolk poll. When uh, the question was, you know, he represents, you know, the candidate represents um, values or ideas that I agree with, something like that. Right. You know, Hillary was like 28 percent. Mm-hmm. Anders was 68 percent. So in New Hampshire, which uh, which New, which Hillary Clinton won, mm-hmm. uh, beating Obama, which uh, Bill Clinton became the comeback kid in New Hampshire. The Clintons personally have met, literally, personally have met thousands of Democrats, <laughs> thousands of Democrats in New Hampshire. And only 28% say that she represents ideas that they like. Her yep. favorabilities are underwater. And people are like, eh, meh, she's the best we got. But Sanders comes along and 68% say, hey, he's got the ideas I like. The, the self-described socialist. So in the Democratic Party, you're also seeing some dissatisfaction with the establishment. People want change. They wanted Obama to be more of a change agent than he turned out to be. They're disappointed in him. And Sanders comes along and they're saying, I'm going to I'm gonna tell the pollsters that I like Sanders. I'm going to shake things up a bit. I think ultimately 
Uh, it's certainly possible that he wins the New Hampshire primary. I, I doubt it. I wouldn't bet on it at this point. I still think Hillary wins. Um, there's a lot of unions, uh, you know, a lot of chits that she can call in. Sure. And a lot of relationships. And you, don't forget that. In New Hampshire, a lot of – she has a ton of relationships. And she's got a she's got the machine machine behind her, and that's a really powerful machine. And it helped her win. It helped her beat Obama last time. When remember, Obama was leading that's in the right. poll Absolutely. all the way up to the primary by huge numbers, and she pulls out a win. And a lot of that was the poll, was the machine and the relationship. So I I expect she'll pull it out again. But when it doesn't bode well for her in the general, when you see her support that lukewarm, and You've got the possibility of, you know, it's not going to be Trump, but you've got the possibility of Republicans being really energized. That's absolutely true. One last question for you, Drew Klein. When Hillary loses New Hampshire and Donald (laughs) Trump comes in in fifth place, will we see the third party ticket Trump Hillary on the Trump Hillary party ticket? Third party. What do you think? Well, you know, you might see Trump Vermin Supreme. I think that would be that would be the ticket. That's my ticket right there. Except right. I would flip it and have Vermin Vermin Trump. Exactly. Vermin I mean. Trump. I'm with I'm with you, son. That, that, those two words seem to go so well together. Drew <laughs> Drew Klein with the New Hampshire Union Leader. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Michael Graham Show. Michael Graham now and the Kimmer at noon on News Radio 1067. Hey, I'm Donald Trump, and we're going to do rapid fire, 60 seconds. Let's see what we can do. You ready? Most memorable contestant on The Apprentice, Amorosa. Miley Cyrus or Taylor Swift? Yeah, I like them both. Taylor Swift. What historical figure would you most like to have dinner with? Ronald Reagan. Pet peeve, my hair. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, keep my own brain. My cell phone. How do you periscope? I got to get some Brandon just, just totally rocking out with Toto, 1980s hip hop and rock action. You can see Toto and Yes in concert August 22nd. You got to win tickets. How? You can only win them on the confession hotline. hotline. Thank you for calling the confession hotline. That's right. Every day around this time, we can play your confessions, your hopes, your fears, your dreams. This week, sponsored by a Verizon Wireless Amphitheater. And tickets to see Toto and Yes, August 22nd. I have a confession. Oh, yes? I thought the words were, I was born and raised in Africa. <laughs> we got to do that sometimes. The incredible, uh, you, you, the lyrics that you think you understand, but then you know. But first, we're talking about horrifying honeymoon ideas and all other st- stuff like that there. Ah, shake it, shake it. Hey, it's it like it's finally gotten a hold of Hillary server. That's right. I hope the girl had good sense to delete all of our personal conversations <laughs> because many do not know this, but me and Hillary had an affair. We hooked up in the coat room at Donald Trump's wedding. <laughs> I hope That's there's no not photos true. of that. That's not true because Herman Cain does all of his hot sex action in his car, mm-hmm. as we learned when he was running for president. Yeah, see, Michael, I'm just going to say... Uh, Years ago, I dated a girl mm-hmm. who it wasn't so much how long she took to get ready, right? but it was one of those things, the longer she took, the worse she looked. <laughs> I mean, she can make a freight train take a dirt road after she got done. Yikes, that is not good. I called the pizza place and said that I wanted a female, I wanted a really <laughs> hot, hot female, preferably that was kind of loose. I like how you think. And I was, man, this is this, this really old. Sweaty lady with really loose skin on her body. Oh, God. 
it does. It's worth a try, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Do you ever object to the delivery people that come to your place or anything? All the time. You know, they skanky, it's scary looking people. Teenage kids. Stone, exactly. Don't send any stoner teenage kids to my house. Can we do that? Greetings, Infidel ah, Michael. It's random it is ISIS I, guy. Random ISIS guy. You know, Michael, nothing says I love you like an improvised explosive device. <laughs> and right now, ISIS honeymoon packages are ah, Allah inclusive. That's correct. Multiple <laughs> beheadings are complimentary. Christians, Jews, gays, even U.S. military. Kill as many as you like with your matching his and her scimitars. <laughs> or you can simply enjoy a nice, relaxing bloodbath. Call 1-800-DEATH-TO-AMERICA for details. Oh, that's very nice. I like that. All-inclusive. All-inclusive. All, 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 all inclusive Very nice. Can't complain about that. Can't complain about that. No, you can't. My confession is yeah. my wife arises at 3 a.m. to be at work at 7. What? She spends the first hour drinking coffee and uh, getting organized. Okay. Then spends the next two hours being getting personally groomed. Uh-huh. And the next hour getting all her work items together. Sure. She's very organized and takes very, very long to do so. Oh, did I mention she's also a police officer? <laughs> wow. Do you have to be hot to be a police officer? I don't think you know so. Why are you why are you doing What's your the point doing of putting stuff? on makeup if you're a police officer? Exactly. You want to be kind of scared. You want to put people in their place. Absolutely. Uh so I don't, I don't get that at all. Though. Four hours and preparing. That's absolutely insane and disrespectful. Well, thank you for calling that in because I wouldn't have believed if you hadn't called it in before. Do we have any of that? Um, I'm trying to, on the scramble here, the Schumer, Amy Schumer song. Did we ever pull up some of that? Uh, that it's a very funny video. I've uh, linked it on um, my Facebook page, Michael Graham Show. They did a parody of uh, of getting made up in the morning. And so... The um, if you keep listening and watching the video, it takes an ironic turn that we could all learn something from. Remember, the confession hotline is open twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. 404-436-2007. The lovely and talented Kimmer coming up next. I am Michael Graham. This podcast of The Michael Graham Show is brought to you by Matt Hermes. If you have a high-end home and you're looking to sell, call Matt at Keller Williams Realty. Matt Hermes specializes in luxury homes in areas like Hamilton Mill, Sugarloaf, Chateau Elan, and more. For more information, visit AtlantaHomesGuru.com forward slash radio.